This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 155. Today we have on guest Taylor Riggs, and Taylor is going to teach us all about how history can unify us, more specifically talking a little bit about Black history and the Restoration. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to build memories through eating delicious family recipes and going on adventures with my family. On this podcast, you'll be introduced to light-filled people and ideas that inspire me to be a better mom and help me bring family closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. Hello! We are back for another week. I'm really excited to introduce you to our first guest. I can't tell you how pumped I was when I found Taylor's videos. Oh my goodness, she's so awesome. So she creates these videos that are all about Black history, but they're all at the time of the restoration of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, those early, early members of the church. So this is like mid to late 1800s for those of you that maybe aren't members of our church. We talk a lot this episode about Come Follow Me, and Come Follow Me is a Sunday school curriculum from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's free. It's online. You can do it with your family if you want. And after we talk to Taylor, we have our little Spoonful of Spirit segment with Lindy Shock and Lindy is from Enix Studies and she creates these really cute little kits for us to do Sunday school lessons with our kids. So she has them for younger kids and also for teens. So it's really awesome. So you'll hear our chat a little bit about this week's topic. So without any further ado, I can't wait for you to meet Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hello, how are you? I am so good and so excited to chat with you today. I loved, loved seeing your cool things that you share on Instagram and then way excited about your YouTubes that you've been doing. So before we get into all of these cool things that you're doing, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about you and about your family and even kind of some background about your motherhood story, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's fun to be here. My husband and I have been married 12 years this summer, so that's fun. And we had our first son really quickly after getting married. And we then two years later had our daughter. And then when she was one, we were crazy and we decided to become foster parents (laughs) out of nowhere. Um, And our families thought we were crazy because it just seemed like a weird time in our lives. My husband's also in the military. So it's like, why would you take that on? But we felt really strongly that we needed to do that. And so um, a few months later, we were placed with um, a sibling group and and they were with us for about eight months and we loved them and it was wonderful and then all of a sudden we went to a meeting and found out they were going to go live with some different family members so that was hard but they are thriving there and it's so great and so then a few months later we got a phone call about a little baby boy in the NICU who was born with drugs in this his system and he had cataracts in his eyes so he would need cataract removal surgery but they're like, but other than that, he's great. He's perfect. He's beautiful. And so we jumped on it and took, took him into our home and had him in our home for about two weeks. And then we got a phone call that his mom was going to have a chance to get him back. They had originally told us we could adopt him. And so that was hard. And then a few minutes. Oh my gosh, this is like such an emotional roller coaster. Are you just, 
It was a, so much because then a few minutes later, we got a phone call that he has Down syndrome, which we didn't know. And we didn't know if his features were because he looked like his parents. We didn't know what his parents looked like and or if it was from the drug exposure. But then we found out he had Down syndrome. And then um, that morning I had found out I was also expecting. Oh, my so gosh. It was a crazy day. Yes. We're like, we don't know what to focus on more, you know, what to be more concerned by. And honestly, it helped the Down syndrome diagnosis not even be an issue, right? Because we're like, we're more worried about whether or not he gets to stay in our family than if he has Down syndrome or not. Oh my goodness. So it how, long have you, how long had you had him up to that point then? How long had you had him in your When home? he got his diagnosis, probably he was only two weeks old. So probably okay. just a couple weeks, like a very short time. But as any mom knows, you totally fall in love I mean, we were in love the moment we got that phone call. And so he was ours in our hearts. Um, so definitely we were more worried about having to say goodbye to a child we loved again than we were um, learning how to navigate Down syndrome for sure. So that was definitely a heavy thing. So the next few months turned crazy because kids with Down syndrome have so many medical concerns that you have to just go to every doctor on the planet to rule things out. So by the time he was eight months old, he had had almost eight surgeries and over a hundred doctor's appointments. And so I was how old were your that. other kids? How old were your other so two kids? I had um, three and one when we got him. Oh my then, goodness. Yeah. And then they had birthdays during that time. So they were a little bit older. So by the time my youngest was born, we had four under four and my oldest son has um, developmental delays and speech delays. So they were all just tiny and <laughs> had their own things they were working through and it was crazy, but it was wonderful. We were able to adopt Zane two weeks before baby Drake was born, which was amazing. And so we were just so happy to be able to keep him in our family and have Drake. And so it's kind of been a fun an ex crazy motherhood journey, but now, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Wow. Yeah. So now we're just so it's been so fun. Drake, the youngest is almost six. So every summer, the boys are the same age. Their birthdays are at the beginning and the ends of the summer. So they're the same age all summer, which they think is so fun. And, um, they're both in kindergarten heading into first grade. So we survived so far. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. So this is kind of a big year for you then having ever, did everybody go to school this year or what does your schooling look like with COVID? Uh, so, um, in our district, they go Monday through Thursday and they have Friday off. Um, but Zane, because of his um, like conditions with Down syndrome, he we kept him home because of his immune system being lower. And then the other kids are just really careful, washing hands and all of that. So it's been fun because I've had a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with him, which I haven't really had since he was an infant. So that oh, has yeah, because your kids were all needing you so much when they're all so tiny at the same time. Yes. So when he was a baby, I held him 24 seven through his naps, through everything. I just held him constantly. He was just a doll, just a sweetheart. So it's been fun to kind of have that time, just him and I this year. That is so cool. Wow. That is a journey. Okay. So, and hopefully that's it. All four of them are here. <laughs> I, I am. 
hopefully that's a lid on that. It'd have to be like an angel coming and telling us that we need more. So, <laughs> oh man, that's almost what it took for me to have my extra two kids. They had some pretty solid experiences. It was like, oh, okay, we have two more to come. And I'm glad. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine our family without them. Yes. So let's tell everybody what is to cheer and to bless and how did it get started? And I mean, you're in the midst of all of this motherhood, all these kids that are all close together. I'd love to hear how that all happened. My personality is I always kind of have to have something that I'm personally working on for my own growth, along with like motherhood and being a wife. I just feel like that helps me feel closer to the spirit and it helps me grow. So when my first two kids were little, I was finishing bachelor degree. And then when the little boys were like one, I started my master's degree and finished that. Well, then that was done and I had nothing besides being a mom, which is amazing. And I love, but I felt like I needed something more. So I started praying to know what heavenly father would want me to do next. And nothing was really coming to mind. So this was a couple years actually that I was just praying to figure out what to do next. And then Easter, April 12th, 2020, President Nelson, of course, everything had just like shut down and things went crazy. And President Nelson posted this beautiful post on his social media pages. And at the end, he said, on this most special of days, I encourage you to look for ways to share your testimony of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Despite our current circumstances, we can still share the joyful news that he lives. And in that instant that I read it, I felt like I needed to start this Facebook page. And I just knew that I needed to share as much as I could, as often as I could about the gospel and about Jesus Christ. And so my very first post was on April 12th, the day that he posted that about Easter on Facebook. I was getting ready for church that morning and I was like, what should I call it? What should I call it? And I just thought to cheer and to bless. Like that is the whole point of the gospel and the good news of the gospel is cheering and blessing the children of God. And so I started it and started posting right then. And it's, it's a slow burn and slow growing, but as long as I continue to keep following that counsel and the inspiration that I received that day, then I'm doing what I need to do. Whether one person reads it or a hundred people read it or whatever it is, I just felt so strongly that that was my next, next best thing. And so that is how to cheer and to bless even got started. I think it's incredible that you started it that day. You didn't even mess around. You just jumped in. I think how incredible to follow a prompting that quick. That's so awesome. Well, and that's how I do life. Like foster care, my husband and I felt impressed over one weekend that we needed to do it. He was gone from the military that weekend and I was home and he came home on Sunday night and he's like, I have something I think I need to tell you. And I'm like, so do I. And he's like, I think we need to do foster care. And I'm like, I thought the same thing. And we called on Monday. We no just way. Yeah. To get started. We just feel strongly when we're impressed to do something, to act on it. And then let Heavenly Father carry us through it. And so that's what we did. Same thing with grad school. I learned about the program on like a Thursday. I know uh, the cutoff for application was the next Wednesday. So I applied (laughs) on Monday and Tuesday and got accepted two weeks after that. Like, it's just when he says run, we say where and how fast. (laughs) Taylor, you guys are awesome. That is so cool. I love that. 
So cool. I love it. And I love your little discussions that you you've been sharing, even just this week in your stories, you know, you put out questions and then people's feelings about the things that you're putting out. And it's just empowering and inspiring and strengthening to hear not only your take, but your audience's take. And I, I love it. It's really cool. Well, thank you. I feel like I sometimes will start with an idea, you know, read the come follow me and start writing it. And some of my posts you'll notice have a different feeling at the beginning than at the end, because the spirit completely takes over. And I, I don't say that to be cheesy. I know sometimes it can sound that way, but I'll sometimes read an old post that someone will comment on from a long time ago or something and reread it. And I'll be like, that is not something I would normally say. <laughs> That's not a direction I plan to go. And so that has been a really cool experience is just allowing the spirit to kind of take over. And so it's taught me more than I expected to be taught. Those thoughts definitely are often not my own for sure. That, I think that is such a powerful gift to develop is to learn how to feel that spirit and hear it and act on it. Cause man, it's tricky to figure out that spirit of revelation at first. And it kind of comes and goes and you know, at first you worry, is that me or is it the spirit? And even still, even though I've been working on it for so long, I sometimes don't see till afterwards. I'm like, oh yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> that was totally, was totally needed to happen. I still do that in my thoughts, but for some reason when I'm writing, like I can just allow the, the spirit to kind of take over. So that has taught me that we all probably have places that that happens, maybe when we're being creative or whatever, that it's just easier for our brains and spirits to connect, I think. So for me, that's through writing. But when I'm just like thinking things through or whatever, or just speaking, I don't feel like I'm as good at speaking. It's harder for me to make that connection. So that it's just a really cool idea that that makes me want to like go through my life and think okay where am I more gifted where am I feeling it in a stronger way that's cool yeah yeah that has definitely been a big lesson that I've learned so I love that well I let's talk about your YouTubes a little bit so I love what you're doing how you, you call it the mix it up black history and the restoration so tell us where that where that came from because is that something you just started this year yeah, so I, at the end of 2020, I was like, okay, this is going to be probably like November, it was starting to enter my mind. I'm like, this is going to be the first Black History Month, which isn't until February. So why it was on my mind in November, you know, I couldn't figure out at the time. And I'm like, what should I share? It'll be my first Black History Month, sorry, with to cheer and to bless as a page because I started in April right so, right not obviously not in your ever your life, right? life yes. <laughs> and so I was like what can I share that could be significant what could I do that would be useful and help teach you know my perspective and so I ruminated on that for a really long time and then I had the impression to share these stories of early pioneers because especially because we're learning about the restoration this year so it's gonna line up really well we're learning about the Book of Mormon and and all of the things that happened with the restoration. And so I thought, oh, I'll just share four stories, just four in February. And then I got thinking about it and started researching and trying to find these people and their stories. And then I was finding this person. And I'm like, well, how can I tell this story without telling this one? And how can I tell this one without this one? And then suddenly I realized this is a much bigger thing. And so I decided to do it every week for the weeks that we studied the DMC. So it started the last week of December with our first week of the DMC. And 
you know, life will happen. There might be a week I miss, but so far I haven't missed one <laughs> just because it's been a joy to study these members of the church and their stories. I, growing up, I only heard stories of white pioneers, like the pioneer typical stories that we hear in sacrament meeting. And they were wonderful, but they were hard, harder to relate to for me. And then with all of the social unrest we've been facing, I believe so strongly that instead of telling people how to feel, that if we help us see each other and truly, truly know each other and know each other's stories, that then we can create a connection that makes us want to do better. So I didn't want to get on and like lecture people about how maybe I have felt in the gospel being a person of color or just in my life. Instead, I just thought, how about I just share stories and share experiences and the spirit will touch people's hearts in the way that that person needs without me being a, someone who's lecturing. So it's been a lot of fun to, to study these stories and to share them. And I always say a prayer right before to say what that person would want me to say about them. And if it's possible, if that person can, you know, attend me and help me share their story. And sometimes it's funny and I laugh through them because I'm like, oh, this person had a fun. But sometimes I'm like holding back tears because I can feel the heaviness of their lives and their stories. So I just feel like I have all these friends now that I'm gathering that someday I'm going to get to meet, which is maybe my favorite part. So incredible. I am so touched by that. And after I was, cause I started binge watching your videos once I saw the first one and I even showed it to my kids. We've been homeschooling half our kids during the pandemic. And I'm like, okay, guys, this is going to be some of your history today. We're going to learn about this because this is something that I have pioneer heritage that goes through Hiram Smith. So my mom has been so made, she's done such a good job making sure I knew all those stories. And the stories that you're telling are things that I have never heard. And I just appreciate hearing that side, just incredible. And I told my husband, here we are in the world that is so divided and there is so much hate. And it just makes me so sick about the way that people are treating each other and getting on different sides. And I said, and then there's this amazing Taylor and she's just sharing truth and sharing true experiences without bias of saying, you guys are bad for doing this, or you guys are bad for doing that. But just sharing the story brings me more understanding of what people have gone through. And yeah, I'm as white as they come, <laughs> no, you know, and that's, but there's, you know, somehow I want to be as understanding as I can, because I, that wasn't my life. So I can't really understand what that was. So the only way I can really get there is from people like you sharing what, what happened, you know? So I just think knowledge is everything. It can just turn things all the way around and it can bring us more connection and bring us closer together. Cause I felt so connected to those people that you were talking about, just hearing what they went through. And I, it just baffles me and it just blows my mind, the things that people have been through in their lives. So I think it's ah. so cool that you pray to have them with you. Oh, I just love that. Wow. It's just so cool. Well, thank you. I guess it's working. 
And I forgot to mention that I make a recipe during because I'm hoping oh, yes. that- I should have brought that up as a food blogger. Yeah. I think it's I'm so fun when you do that. <laughs> I make a recipe while I do it for a couple reasons. First, if you don't want to hear the story, maybe you want to hear the re- or see the recipe and you accidentally learn something at the same time. And if you, and then also, I think that whenever I watch people that are doing something at the same time while they're talking, I just, I get distracted and I listen better. And so I thought, well, this might be fun. It certainly isn't because I'm a chef and you'll see that, like, how many things can one person make with ground beef? That's what we're going to (laughs) learn from this, you know, but it's just kind of fun. I have to make dinner anyway or whatever. So I'll set up a tripod, make dinner and tell you a story. And that's kind of where that came from. It's not because I'm trying to to get a cookbook deal or anything like that, but we're all making dinner. I feel like we can all relate. Um, And so that, that part of it is kind of what that, where that came from. Well, and I think it sets a fun tone because like you said, in one of your videos, you want it to feel like you're just having someone over in their kitchen. I say that to my podcast guests all the time when they're worried about well, should it be this stiff interview? And I'm like, no, I want it to just feel like we're hanging out as friends and we're talking about what is happening in our lives and sharing to help each other build. And that it just feels like two gals hanging out, having a great time and learning something while you're at it, you know, like real good meaty conversation, not the gossip about the neighbors down the street or who's bugging you or whatever. This is like (laughs) real, just great conversation, which I love. I agree. Will you tell us a story? Do you mind sharing about one of your wonderful people? Yes. So I love the sister stories, but right at the beginning of, I'm trying to go in chronological order. So there's a lot of men for a long time, but towards the end of the year, we're going to get a lot of sisters. So like a little sneak peek is Susan Gray Reed Legrone. (laughs) She was born in Mississippi in slavery and she was a slave until the emancipation. So she didn't like escape or anything like that. And then she met her husband, Mr. Reed. I'm not sure what his name is, (laughs) unfortunately. And they had two sons together. And then he passed away, unfortunately, and she was a widow. So she was raising her boys by herself in the deep South as a freed slave, which I think we forget the significance of. You couldn't just go get a job. You couldn't just go get a house. A lot of people still lived like slaves on their plantation owner's property because now they were getting paid like a penny and not being fed. And they're like, now you're workers instead of slaves. And so it was just not pretty. So she met her husband, her next husband, Ned. And Ned had a sister, Amanda, and her husband, who had been converted to the church. And they were headed west to come to Utah. And they invited Ned and Susan to come with them, but Ned and Susan didn't want to convert at the time. So they're like, we'll just come with you and so check out. So wait a minute. I think I've heard the story about Ned. Have you talked about Ned? Yeah, talked about Ned. Okay. Uh, I'm like, wait, this sounds familiar. Yeah. I think I know yeah. these people. Okay. Like week 17, I think is Ned. And so they did. So they come across and he had a son as well. His wife had passed away. So they had these three little boys that they're like taking across the plains and they get to the Salt Lake. They live here like three years. And then finally they're like, I guess we'll join. (laughs) I guess if you can't beat them, join them. So they (laughs) got baptized and they moved to a different ward in Salt Lake that had a lot of like a lot of black members. I say a lot the most out of 
you know, there weren't that many, but it had the most black members in it. And they lived there for a while and then they decided they didn't like city life. And so they, they started a bunch of little farms in Utah. Well, during that time, Susan had 13 kids of the I know, like, does that make you tired being a farmer and then having 13? But of those 13, only eight she was able to raise to adulthood. And they, one of the, her sons died at six. George, he died at six. Lydia died at the age of two. And her son, David, died at the age of eight. And she lost both of the little boys from her first marriage as well. So they all passed away. And so I just think how brave that would have to be to just keep going. And I know a lot of the pioneer sisters lost wives. And so it's just heartbreaking to think about what that had to have been like to lose five of your children. I can't even imagine. And then she was a widow. So she had lost her husband as well. And so what I love about their story is that September 3rd, 1875, they were able to go to the endowment house, which is what they use kind of for their temple while they were building the Salt Lake Temple. And she was um, able to be proxy for her mother, Margaret. And she was able to be proxy for her current husband, Ned's first wife, Florida. And Ned did the work for her husband, which is really cool. And then she was also able to do the work for her first mother-in-law. So I think that is so cool that they were able to do that work, especially because soon after sisters were no longer able to receive their endowment. President Taylor said that sisters that were black were no longer able to receive their endowment. So they were able to do that work before that happened or before that was stopped for them, which is really cool that they were able to do that. Wow, that is incredible. Yes. And so after living in Salt Lake for a while, they decided to move to Idaho and they farmed there and they planted, they lived in this town, Milo, Idaho, and they planted all these giant, well, they're now giant trees. And so everyone says you can go and see um, the foundation that they laid for that town, that their trees are still there and growing. And then her husband um, passed away two years before she did. So she was a widow again for the second time. Um, but they were both noted as um, well-known, well-loved, and always held in high regard by everyone that knew them. And their lives were celebrated in both of their funerals by the Black LDS community, but also by the white LDS community at the time. They all just, everyone always just loved the Lagrones. And so that is the story of Susan. That is so cool. So neat. Oh, I just love it. Let's give everybody your handle so they can go listen to more of those stories. Yeah. So Instagram and Facebook is just to cheer and to bless. It's easy. And then YouTube is they're linked from those pages. If you just want to follow the link or it's just under my name, Taylor Ricks on YouTube. Okay. And I'll put links to all those in the show notes so that people can go straight there. Awesome. awesome. Is there anything else that you want to share? Anything else from this experience or that you've been learning as you've been going through all this or a message for us to hear? I just think that I have learned the importance of truly being authentic to yourself. And as you do that, um, as you put yourself out there in whatever capacity that is, whether it's as 
a friend, a wife, a mother, a ministering sister, or serving in your callings, or if you like to share things online as well, whatever it is, when you're authentic to who you are, then the spirit is more able to speak through you instead of being so worried about putting on a front or, you know, looking a certain way or talking a certain way. And so that is what I've learned this year is to just be unashamedly who I have been made to be and then allowing Heavenly Father to teach me and help me grow through that and share my testimony of him through that authenticity. That's awesome. Thank you. Gosh, I hate to like transition into this just lighthearted, helpful and happy questions after you've been just telling us so many wonderful things. But do you mind spending a few minutes with us talking about that so we can get to know you in another way? Sure. Okay. So on the Helping of Happiness blog, we also cover food and travel and homemaking hacks. And so that's why I thought I would ask you any of your things. So what is your favorite food or meal? Anything favorite? Have you cooked it on your blog? I mean, on your blog, I mean, on your YouTube channel. Yeah, I should have a blog now. Yes. Add, add one more thing to all the things you're doing. So I am crazy and I absolutely love chocolate chip cookies, number Mm. one, but I am very picky about them. I have probably like seven recipes and depending on my mood will depend on (laughs) soft on the inside, crunchy on the outside. So I know I do this one or I need (laughs) whatever I need, um, completely soft or a thinner cookie. That's more crispy. So I'm really weird about it and have collected a lot of them and make a lot of them. So definitely chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) So are you an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie person or are you like a chocolate chip cookie purist? You know, I'll accept the oatmeal and then (laughs) then I I can call it healthy. I'm like, this is a breakfast chocolate chip. We've got, we're having breakfast. It's great. (laughs) My husband's a personal trainer. So he probably dies when I say that, but um. (laughs) He's like, don't tell people that. But no, I definitely just prefer a really good, normal. I'm with you. I'm definitely open to an oatmeal chocolate chip cookie. But if I'm going to just make them for fun, it's going to be just the old traditional chocolate chip. Love it. Okay. I love that that's a favorite food. That's one of mine too. I can, (laughs) I mean, all the, I love all the cookies, but that one's just always going to be my favorite so boring but oh so good <laughs> oh I know in the batter I mean I'll just take all of it it's just so good yeah. Yeah. okay do you have a favorite trip you've gone on or a dream vacation okay we're not huge travelers we've been raising small people for yes it's just really hard to travel when you have lots of little kids <laughs> and then COVID messes it up especially but- when you had all those surgeries in the beginning it's impossible to go anywhere we've had probably one a year since that so it was like a lot in the beginning and now it's, we can handle one a year. We just know like the snacks that we get at primary children's when we go and it's great. <laughs> we have it all, we have a schedule, we have it all worked out. I'm from originally from Spokane, Washington and moved to Utah as a teenager. And that's where I met my husband who moved into his ward. And so we kind of grew up together from teenage on. So we love to go back to Spokane. It's just gorgeous, so beautiful and just chill. Like you can just go on hikes and walks and love it and then my brother for a while lived in California with his wife and so that year that he lived there we went there like four or five times and just had fun just exploring the beaches and things like that so we're not huge travelers but it is just fun to get out of your own little area (laughs) yes 
Well, and what different terrain, California and Spokane, those are so different. How fun. Yes. We, oh, I just love the, the Northwest. Oh, hope we can move there again someday. Beautiful oh, place. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. That's on my bucket list. I would love to do like an Oregon coast trip. Doesn't that just sound dreamy? Yes. And that was actually our plan for 2020 because um, oh. I have family that were there too. My grandparents are there. And so we were like, we want to do that. And, um, and I'm, yeah, and my grandpa passed away instead and we couldn't go see him in Oregon. And so that was really, that, that was, was really a hard part, but we definitely will go see grandma and do the post. It's, it's so beautiful. So last one, do you have a homemaking hack for us? Okay. So this one is kind of funny. I like my kids hair to be done as we leave the house. So our kitchen is right by like our way out the door. And so underneath my kitchen sink, I have a little caddy and it has like a spray bottle, the mousse, the hairspray, the hair gel and some hair ties for my daughter and the brush. And so we just do hair like on the way out the door, just in the kitchen. Ooh. Sounds a little crazy. We step away from, you know, the sink and everything like that, but it makes it so easy, like before school and stuff that no matter what they did all morning, I can just do their hair on the way out the door. Otherwise they start wrestling or something. And yeah, no, this is genius because I guarantee you every time I put my daughter's hair in a bun or something that has to hold its shape, she goes and rubs her head under a blanket or something. And then Especially when we're going to church and I'm like, are you kidding me? We just spent all this time doing your hair and it's a mess, yeah. but that just, you just plan that into your exit. You're like, okay, we'll leave what five or 10 minutes for hair on our way out. And then is that kind of how you work it? Pretty much. And like when one kid's putting on shoes, I'm doing the other kid's hair and then the next, and if we're running a little late, I will kind of torture them and do their hair while they're eating breakfast. Oh, I'm just carry my caddy from each person to the next, but most of the time we can just do it. And I have mostly boys that helps, but just as they're walking out the door. So, oh my goodness. I need to get a hair caddy. That is brilliant. I love yeah. that. I mean, game changer. Cause otherwise I have a laundry sink on my way out to the garage. That would be a fun thing to stick their head in. Perfect spot. <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> oh, that is such a good idea. I love that one. I'm going to make myself a note on that. So we have caddies for the kids. I don't use them the way they should ever, but under the bathroom sinks for each of their personal things, like my one son, he's got braces and contacts. So he's got like all this extra stuff that he needs, you know, so he has his caddy and it's supposed to have his face wash and his toothbrush and all those things. And whether those things all stay in their caddies or not, it doesn't always happen, but now I can have a hair caddy too. So it's going to just, everyone's going to have the little set. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it is awesome. You'll love it. <laughs> Thank you. This was so great. I'm so happy that I got to actually meet you instead of just feeling like I know you because I watch your videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome to visit with you. Hey, Lindy, let's give us our little spoonful of spirit for the day. Awesome. Thank you. So today we are going to talk about a very specific sliver of the atonement. We talk about the atonement as in a lot of times when we sin, um, then the atonement is there to help, you know, help us work to amend and to remove the blocks and move forward. And part of that is that, that the effects, not necessarily the consequences, the worldly consequences, those will still be there, but the effects of those 
those sins and mistakes. Even one more sliver of that is how that affects other people. So I don't know that we focus very much on, on our, how we can call on the atonement to help us when other people's sins and mistakes have hurt us, even inadvertently or in unintentionally, like different personalities or different things where they're not necessarily wrong, but it still triggers and hurts you. All of those things are covered in the atonement and you can call on the atonement to help you through those things and to forgive and to move forward. And so I kind of want to go through a little bit on what it means, like what, it, what are some ways that we, we are hurt by others? So my list. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just air it all out today. How are you hurting, Lindy? <laughs> uh, well, I, I know some of my triggers. Um, and my triggers are like when I feel alone or invisible or unheard. And so, and my husband doesn't communicate a lot. Like he doesn't use words. <laughs> um, and so I'll say something and then he won't look up. He won't respond. And I'll be like, hello, are you, are you there? Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's like, yeah. I'm like, then respond. Um, but, but more than that, like, um, He's the kind of person where when he's processing, he needs to be alone. Yeah. And when I'm processing, I need a hug. And yeah. so when he sees that I'm hurting, he walks away from me. And that's super hurtful. Yeah. <sighs> um, and those are things to know about yourself and to express to those that are close to you, right? Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I have expressed those things a few times, but <laughs> you just have to he, remind him like, a lot. <laughs> I'm to process this. I'm like, no, come give me a hug. Um, but so for me, feeling alone or ignored is a big one. Um, bullies, people who like intentionally injure you and are mean to you. Rejection, uh, that's a big one that holds us back and that hurts a lot. Abandonment or neglect. Lies and not just lies, but broken promises. Mm-hmm. Um, I put that kind of under the same like deception or lies, even though a lot of times when you make the promise, you're not planning on breaking it but that it still feels like a lie um, to the person that it's happening to. Blaming us for something that we didn't do. I, I see that. I see it a lot in my kids, but I've actually- say that happens in my family all the time. <laughs> Always blaming the wrong kid for the wrong yeah. thing. And even more subtly, um, adults will do this. They will blame their actions on somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I did this because they did this. Oh yeah, instead of saying, all the time. Saying, you're right I did that and and I was triggered and this is what happened but yes I did that I think of Adam and Eve where Eve says the serpent beguiled me and I did eat so she still gave like the background on it but she took responsibility then yeah. you know and so I think the backstory is okay like yes I was triggered this way but I did do that and that was inappropriate so those are some of the ways just off the top of my head of like ways that we are hurt. And there are a billion others. There are intentionally, there are people who are intentionally hurting. There are people who are unintentionally hurting others. There, there's family feuds. Oh my goodness. Right when I said that, then all of these like family feuds popped in my brain <laughs> of like family members who are hurting each other over, over things that are worldly. So, so many ways that we can be hurt and everybody has their story. And, and I'd like, as your listeners are listening, you people who are listening, then think of maybe a way that you are hurting and then apply the next part to it. So how do we use the atonement? 
this was a good lesson for me because we talk about the atonement and we say, well, use the atonement, but then we don't really, in fact, talk about how to do that. The application is really tricky. Yeah. Well, it feels tricky because you feel like, I don't know. And I even, for this lesson, I tried to study and find, like, I would type in the church website and say, how to use the atonement, and nothing came up. I was like, what? Isn't this supposed to be the main answer on here? You're supposed to teach me how to use the atonement. Come on. (laughs) So I got to, I I got to pray about it and figure it out. Um, And so here's a little bit. I I do invite you, if you're trying to learn more about the atonement, to study it for sure. And those nuggets, I will tell you, are hidden in talks and and lessons about the atonement but if you type in how to use the atonement not very much comes up so so study about the atonement and you will find those nuggets if you're looking for them Um, and they'll probably be even more personal to you as you're studying instead of just listening on a how-to manual right yes 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 perfect so so how to use the atonement and more specifically how to use it when we are hurting by what somebody else has done the first one is to pray and that seems obvious, but but pray specifically as like Heavenly Father, I this prayer is intended to call on the atonement and to help me with it with this specific thing. I was hurt in this way, and this is what I'm hurting, and these are the feelings that I'm having, and this is how I want retribution. <laughs> this is <laughs> not you don't have to say, it. <laughs> but um. But to pray and and pray honestly and also um, pray pray specifically with with saying I'm wanting to use the atonement here. Mm-hmm. Um, so a prayer. And with- I think it is also fine to tell him the ways that you are angry and you're upset. Like I don't think you need to keep that out of prayer. Just oh. lay it all out. Yeah. That's yeah. important. Yeah. He, and he's yeah. a safe place to go. <laughs> because the truth is, and then, and I like, I like that you said that side note, my dad is wonderful at being able to hear the rantings of one person and still loving the other person and knowing that they have their story. Mm-hmm. And so it, for me, he's a safe place to go because yeah. I know that I can complain about this person and he's still going to love them. Mm-hmm. And he's still going to, you know, see through my rantings and know that this person has their story and they're a child of God and and how much more that is with God you can rant you can tell them why you're hurting you can tell them your anger you can tell them your frustrations and I dare say you could probably even blame people (laughs) if you need to knowing that you have your blame as well but he can see through that and still love the other person so he is a very safe place Um, I like that you said that so the other thing is is ask ask to say in this in this situation i would like to use the atonement can you help me i i don't know that i have done that much and after this lesson i i have asked and and i've asked for the atonement to be used like i said on my kids when when i'm angry (laughs) like my father can i can i use the atonement right here and just like bless their lives because I messed up. So ask. A, a third one is to, is to get a priesthood blessing, specifically to, to call on the atonement and to help you with ways that you are hurt. Then the other one is to have faith. That's a big one for me. I have faith in a lot of things, but faith that, that these feelings that I'm feeling of anger and hurt can actually be taken away and that I can feel love and forgiveness 
especially in the in the moments that I'm feeling it it's really hard to have faith that 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 could even happen and experience helps with that faith I can look back and go oh yeah this terrible thing happened to me and I remember feeling these same feelings and I was able to get rid of those feelings after a grieving period or after what you know whatever using the atonement so so have faith that it can that the atonement can help and then look for the evidences that it's helping look for the ways that your heart is being softened or the other person is is treating you better or you're able to disconnect from the other person and get them out of your life um, or whatever it is, look for the evidences that he is helping you. The last one that I have is to show gratitude for that help. And, and even when you're not using it right then, using the atonement right then, to show gratitude that it even exists. I see the atonement as like we're on, we're on this path um, to God. And then we make a mistake and there's a damn. I mean, that's why it's called damned, right? Is, is there's a damn from progressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what a dam with water does, right? It stops mm-hmm. it from progressing. And so I have this dam and, and I can't progress even like in this life, um, in that topic. I mean, I can progress in, in other ways, but on that specific topic, I can't progress anymore because there's a dam and, and, Without the atonement, that dam would be there and it would be on all of my paths, on all of the principles, on all of the things that I'm making mistakes. And the atonement can take out that dam and help me progress again. And I'm so grateful that that even exists. And I'm super grateful that I know that it exists. And so that I can purposefully and intentionally call on the atonement to take out the dam and and help me progress. And part of somebody else hurting you that is that is in itself kind of a dam in that it can it can stop you emotionally from from things that you're you're ready and willing to do because you're you're hurt I love that um, I would just want to go into how can the atonement help real fast mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Um, one is that it can help us forgive and whenever I talk about forgiveness I want to emphasize that it doesn't mean that we need to forget and it doesn't mean that we need to keep putting ourselves in danger we can forgive and still and still remove ourselves from danger and we can still remember what happened and so that we can move forward keeping ourselves safe so forgive is actually those feelings of that are that are blocking you you can get rid of those feelings by forgiving the atonement can give us strength through the hard times. So sometimes the consequence, like I said in the, at the beginning, the consequence, the worldly consequence is still there. Um, but but we can be given strength through those, those hard times and those consequences. Um, it can soften our hearts. Um, it can help us as we move through these trials and these things, it can help us become better and not bitter. I saw a quote that said that and I loved it to help us become better and not bitter. It can give us patience, um, provide comfort, and it can connect us to the people on earth who can help, which I think is a big one too, that sometimes we think it's just between, that we can fix it on our own, that between God and us, we can we can get through, but God places people and, and circumstances in our lives to help us along and that's that's part of why we're here right is to help each other through all of these things so the atonement can help us direct us to the right people whether it's 
a friend or a counselor or or somebody and something that can help us to to heal so i am grateful for the atonement uh and and the more that i learn about it the more amazing it it is and the more i'm just grateful for christ and what he experienced and he knew he knew what he was doing and that's what made it possible for him to do it Thank you so much, Lindy. I think that is so powerful. I love that because I think there is so much hate and animosity going on, not only in our families. Yes, it's like this little incubator of hotbed for all these things that we need to get over and get through, but just the world in general is just we're all hurting really each other. hurting each other. And I think what a good way to start. What if we all got on our knees and just prayed and asked for help to get through this and to know how to have the atonement help us and to pray for miracles. You know, that's one thing I loved in general conferences last time was President Nelson's talk about faith and moving mountains. This is a mountain and this is a mountain that we need to get through, not only personally, but I think on a worldwide level right we've all got to learn how to love each other and not forget but to keep ourselves safe I love how you said that because you don't want to get yourself you don't need to be a doormat and just keep having the same things hurtful happen to you over and over but to give you strength and to be you can still be soft and have boundaries and I just think that it's so great and that if you really want these things moved pray about it, focus about it. It can, this is a mountain. It can be moved with the Lord. He can help you move that mountain. So I think that's just such an awesome idea. I love the idea of the dams being up and the water rushing again. I think that just feels so freeing. Yes. yes. That's so great. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to get a little discount in your Enix study shop, you can throw in our promo code. Our promo code is happy. 30 exclamation point you can get 30% off in that uh, anything in the shop h-a-p-p-y three zero exclamation point in the enix study shop one other thing that i'm a little sad to announce but i'm also a little bit excited is that this is going to be our last podcast of season one we're going to be starting up season two at the end of july so we're going to be taking june off and I just need a little bit more time to work on some more fun content for you guys. We're going to really be trying to focus more on our YouTube channel this summer. And I have a lot of different things that I need to catch up on with my family. So family first for a little while. So many episodes in our archives. We've This is episode 155. So there are so many that you can go back through and re-listen to if, you, if you've already listened to all of them. And if you haven't listened to all of them, we have some real gems in there. So make sure that you go back and check those out and subscribe to our Helping of Happiness newsletter. And you can get even more information about what is happening with us. Go to helpingofhappiness.com and just punch in your email and you'll be sent updates of what we're doing every week. And we can email you links to those new YouTubes. And you can also be up to date of when we're going to start dropping new podcast episodes. So have a fantastic summer. You're the best. We love you.